What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human beings too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how many years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual combo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. We are so grateful that you're here. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to connect further, we invite you to follow along on Instagram at what the actual fork pod and subscribe, rate and review our podcast so we can continue to share this message with more and more people. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of what the actual fork podcast. Hi, Jenna. Hi. Wait, I was listening to Taylor Swift today and I thought of you. Oh, you don't know how happy that makes me, especially (laughs) because our Eras Tour episode came out a few weeks back and the whole episode, I don't know if you had a chance to listen yet, but Chelsea and I keep like referencing you and how we need to send you homework. So it just kind of all happened without you know, even the doing The karma that. song came up as like my suggested song of the day, which is like so perfect because hmm. there's karma that I'm I'm hoping comes around. Um that's a whole other topic. But the, yeah, that um I was listening to that song a couple times. I was like, wow, I feel like Chelsea and Sammy would be really proud of me right I now. I am so <laughs> proud of you. And karma does come back around, which is the beautiful, beautiful thing about Taylor and all of her lyrics. (laughs) Well, that is not my what the actual fork moment of the week. I don't know that I have one. So I'm going to kick it to you first. Do you have anything that's come up? I have one, but it's like, it's not even necessarily nutrition specific. So did you used to follow... um, Or do you follow on TikTok? He used to be like octopus lover, but it's Jake Shane. He's like... Yes. I feel like we've talked about him. He's fucking hilarious. He just came up on my FYP and it was him duetting these like, I, Jenna, I don't know. Like if if you go to his page, you'd see it. I don't know. Maybe they're 12, maybe, but they're doing like full blown get ready with me hauls. And he, so he stitched or he duetted it and it was like, I'm terrified of these girls, but they were like, these are the people that we hate in school. And then they just start list and I'm like terrified for the future children of the world. Like, I mean, and I, I, I don't have a daughter and I don't know if I ever will, but I was watching these girls walk down the street in Seabright, New Jersey yesterday. I like went to get a smoothie while Noah was napping. Somebody was home with him. Um, <laughs> just putting that out there. I just and left then, the like, house. Just left I just sleeping. figured he's fine. <laughs> but there were like these four girls that ha- couldn't be more than 13, like walking down the street. Obviously they're at the beach. So like they're in bathing suits, but like the size of the bathing suits, the makeup, the hair, like all of the things. And I was just thinking back to what I looked like at 13 and like what I wore. And like everybody's growing up way too fast and it's really scary. Yeah. Like I feel like how, how do we get them to 
continue to have a childhood. And I think that comes back to like, we talk a lot on here about the joys or like the pros and cons of social media. And that just made me think of, there was a local high school here that I want to say not even a year ago had a social media, I don't know the right word, incident where Mm -hmm. these boys were making a Instagram account of who which girls would be the linemen of the football team based on the size of their body, right? So now I'm like, I just (laughs) think of how, and I think of how, first of all, like who are their parents? What are the messages they're getting, right? What are the the messages they're getting from diet culture? But then also just think about like, we didn't have that kind of social media, that like that ability to put things out in the world at such a young age. Yes, because these children are now getting repercussions like they need to be parented so hard in those situations and like have really hard conversations with their parents but now it's like there's this public eye so I don't know it's just I I saw that video and then it made me go on like a spiral of all of these teens and tweens and I actually heard that there was an elementary school close by me where there's like Google Classroom. Did I say tell you this already? I don't think like so. Like Google Classroom is like a thing where like kids can interact or like with the teachers or whatever else. Like long story short, this was in like first grade. Like so they're what, seven, eight, maybe second grade. Um, that long story short, apparently this kid was dared to put a picture of his privates on Google classroom and sent it out to the entire school. So like there's dick pics at eight years old because of like media and social media and like access to these things. Like that was not something I ever knew about until I was much older. Like, it's just, it's very scary. And it makes me like want to put my son in a bubble. And like, so I feel like this is, a, this is a great bridge to our episode with Sarah with Uncharted. Oh Let's go revisit that episode and talk about social media boundaries, not only with the young kids, but these tweens too. And I know like you and I just aren't even at that stage yet with our children. And so we'll, we'll navigate those conversations on the pod as we get there. But it's like, whoo, holy crap. I don't know that I have a nutrition related what the actual fork actually. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that happened over this weekend. There's really not. I guess I could share a win. Um, I feel like now we're recording this now. It's September 5th. It's right after Labor Day weekend. And the end of a season always makes me like sit back and think about previous seasons or like times mm-hmm. of my life. And it's just so clear to me today and like in this moment, um, how different and how much I didn't realize, I should say, how much I didn't realize how different my life was when I was entrenched in diet culture until you've lived out the other side, Mm -hmm. right? So like something like a summer where like going out for ice cream isn't like a thing. It's just a choice versus like a whole production or like the choice to have pizza for dinner or the choice to go to an impromptu. We went to like this fun luau. They raised money for Maui, which was like so nice. Um, And like to just not look ahead at the menu, but just to see what was going to be there and know and feel confident that there's something there that you will 
not only be able to eat like food allergies aside, but like want to eat and feel excited about. And like looking back in the, at the summer as a whole, as like a list of experiences and fun and memories versus everything else that I used to look at is like such a cool perspective to have that I had never had before. I love that. I'm so glad you shared that. I think that's such a fun thing to do with clients. Like you said, at the end of a season or as every birthday ticks by, right? Or as every holiday ticks by, it's like, okay, well, what were your Thanksgivings like in the past? Or what was your birthday like five years ago versus your birthday today? And you can't, you don't know what you don't know, right? So until you've lived out the joy of being present it's like all you ever knew was being stuck in your head and being obsessed with food and body and thinking that was normal and and that was the right thing to do. Yes. And physically being somewhere, but like mentally not, right? Like that's so, that is like still so wild to me that there is this possibility that you can physically be in a place and not remember anything about the experience because all you're thinking about is the negative feedback loop in your head of like what's going to happen, heavy air quotes, if you're there enjoying yourself, right? Like totally. I had a moment wild. of that, almost like a moment of grief as, you know, college football is upon us and it was the the Penn State night game and I, you know, we had it on and you're seeing like the whiteout and all the students. And I just like, obviously like just miss it period. But thinking about like, if I could only go back knowing what I know now. And I think we did that episode of like what we would tell our younger selves. And so much of that was college related, but I was like, you know, just seeing all the students jumping around in the student section. I'm just like, Oh, I hope, I hope they're present. And that, you know, Cause like, I, I wish so much I could go back to that time, but, but that's a part of the journey too, right? It's just grieving those moments that you weren't there mentally, emotionally. It's just such a good point that you're making too, because I didn't even think about that until now. And like, I don't remember. I mean, I remember like being in that stadium, but not much else, right? There could be another reason you don't remember it too, though. <laughs> go back to the alcohol episodes you can also be pointed to that because there's like it's like a mixture of both not a good thing (laughs) disordered relationship with both really just doesn't set you up for like the best okay we need to talk about one of jenna and i's favorite products that we have received and it is our lumi products. Now, a few weeks back, I was in Denver for a nutrition conference that so many amazing dietitians and humans were at. And that the entire weekend was packed with events. We were going from event to event to event, you know, speaker after speaker. And I'm not going to lie, like mama was sweating. You're like running around, you're talking to people. And so I have absolutely loved my Lumi deodorant wipes. They are amazing when it's like, okay, I don't have time to shower. Maybe I don't necessarily need to shower, but I just want to freshen up my pits. I cannot say enough good things about all of the Lumi products, which is whole body deodorant. It is the first of its kind, and it is seriously safe to use 
anywhere on your body. They have different creams, wipes, all of the things that can be used on pits, under boobs, thighs, belly buttons, butt cracks, vulvas, and feet. So truly anywhere. It's aluminum-free, baking soda-free, paraben-free. And special offer right now, new customers get $5 off the Lumi Starter Pack using code FORK at lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. It is also pH balanced, so safe below the belt. I also love that it was created by an OBGYN and of course a woman. It just makes me love Lumi even more. So again, special offer for listeners. You can get $5 off your Lumi starter pack with code FORK at lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code FORK. Shoot us a DM after you use their products because we know that you're going to love them and can't wait to hear which one is your favorite. This episode is going to be airing essentially when you are having like the best weekend ever at the Food and Nutrition Conference. That we I will be FaceTiming be you. We will be FaceTiming you. I promise. <laughs> Which I'm super, super jealous that you're going to be there. Um, and it, I believe is like right around my due date. So let's talk all things pregnancy and see if I make it to my due date or if the baby is here by the time this episode, you know, goes or launches, airs, whatever you want to call it. Um, I know that I've shared a little bit of this online before, but this pregnancy has just been wildly different for me and I haven't really like chronicled it. And I would love to, you know, reflect back on your pregnancy experience and my first one and just kind of, you know, make people feel less alone with some of the emotions that they might be feeling about pregnancy as a whole. Yes. Well, this is like so meant to be because I had a call this morning with a woman over in Europe actually looking for support and she's four months pregnant with her first. And she, when I asked like, what's your why, right? Why are you looking for support? She started right out of the gate with, I'm having a daughter. I've had a horrible relationship with food and body my entire life. I had a little stint of intuitive eating, but then I gained weight and it freaked me out and I stopped. And she was like, I feel like I have this free hall pass with pregnancy if I can eat whatever I want and my body's getting bigger, but I'm mortified for the postpartum. Hmm. So um, we talked through that obviously a bit, but I would love to hear from you. Like, you know, you and I talked about so much how we're so grateful for healing our relationship with food and body and a, to have been able to do the work that we did with those relationships before, you know, having a child. So how does that continue to hold up now with a second pregnancy and with like a second kid coming into the picture? What is that like? Yeah, I it's such a good point. And I actually had a moment of, I think grief is probably the right word, yesterday too, where I was looking back at old pictures of pre-pregnancy, pre-pregnancy number one. And I have not realized over these past two and a half years or three and a half years, if you include the pregnancy with my first, you know, how much my body really has changed throughout the pregnancy mm -hmm. process. But I know that of the process of giving life and all creating and all of the yeah. things and doing it again. But I know that if I had not healed or have not put in the work to 
create the healing that like that would be all I would have been obsessed with over these past two and a half years instead of living life as a mom and, you know, creating new life as for the second time. And it was almost like I was looking at these pictures and I was like, wow, I can't believe this is the first time I'm looking at these pictures, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because old me would be, have been obsessed with trying to get back to a place, heavy air quotes of looking the same, but my life is just not the same anymore. Like nothing about my life or my brain is the same as it was, you know, prior to getting pregnant for the first time. And I think that that's like, that was a really big growth moment for me. And there's also some like, you know, confusion in your brain. Again, I recognize the thin privilege that I have and all of the other privileges that I hold, but that feeling still came up. And instead of ignoring it yesterday, when I was looking at it, it was more of like a, this body has done X, Y, and Z and has been present for my son's entire life in a way that that person maybe couldn't have been. Um, so I think that's where I'd like to start with this. How? What do you think? Well, that's a perfect bridge from what we were talking about before, right? Because it's like, like as you were talking about, like the end of the summer kind of and right. how previous summers you weren't present. And it's like, okay, before Noah, obviously you didn't have like another child to compare that to. But you do know how you were in diet culture, unable to be present, fixating on food, body, macros, calories, you know, whatever it was. <laughs> so I just, I can't imagine that mindset with motherhood because I just think about the postpartum anxiety and depression I felt and how hard that postpartum is. And to add diet culture on top of that. I would have needed prof like like very professional help. Like 100%. I I don't know how women are doing diet culture on top of motherhood slash especially fresh postpartum. Oh my god. And I actually saw my friend Callie is a I don't know if she's a postpartum specialist or like what her nutrition um, niche is, but she does a lot of like postpartum. And she actually posted the other day that her, that your amygdala, like part of your brain actually like shrinks during pregnancy and takes up to two years to actually like go back to normal. I don't want to misquote what she was saying. I believe that's what her post said. Um, it's hormones over 30 is her Instagram handle, but she posted that and it was like, so like you feel different as a person after becoming a mom or from pregnancy. It's because you are <laughs> like oh, your actual brain is actually just wired differently now. And yes. like, whoa, <laughs> it's like so true. Like, and you probably felt this too. When you started to come back to work, I'd be like staring at my phone or like my screen and be like, what do, what do I, I do? I actually texted my team the other day because I listened to <laughs> I listened to the the fiber episode that I had like recorded back when all that drama was going on when I was pregnant with Noah. Um and I just like listened to it because I knew that you know, there was a lot going on in, in that space at the moment. I wanted to make sure I didn't say anything, you know, wrong. <laughs> and I think I texted this to you. And I was like, I was such a better dietitian then. Like I could speak so clearly. <laughs> I feel that all I the time. I was impressed like, with myself. I'll have like a thought process 
And then it just goes. And I have no idea what I'm saying. I'm like, where and did I've, that go? That happened in pregnancy and it just never, never stopped for me. It's pretty wild. Like it's – but the, to know that there's a reason for that is like a really cool thing. Yes. <laughs> it makes me feel validated. Yes. Um, but oh this goodness. second time around, there's been a lot of experiences for me that make me feel like a bad person that – I know now are so normal, but when you're feeling them for the first time and nobody talks about them, it's like, you just feel like a bad person. Like for example, like my patient's level, like my son's two and a half, like he's wired for destruction and he's learning, not just him, but like at two and a half, they all are right. Like he's learning the world. He's super curious. And like, you know, they're built to test boundaries. And I'm just learning that my patience is just so much thinner and my ability to, you know, be resilient in some of these scenarios feels weakened. Um, and I'm having a really hard time with, the grief of realizing that I'm going to have to share him and he's going to have to share me um, and having like regret. Did I do enough? Did I spend enough time with him? And like all of those emotions recently in this like end of pregnancy time that I'm feeling yeah. I'm currently thir three, 34 weeks, all of that has been like suffocating for me recently. Um, and it's what I think about at night. It's like, you know, all of those feelings. But the more that I talk to moms that have multiple children, it's like, it's super normal. It's so valid, but like, it's not something anybody talks about because it makes you feel like a bad person. <laughs> well, I feel like I've seen TikToks about that where there a lot of people pregnant with their second and the third trimester are like fearing that they couldn't love anything as much as their current child. And it's like, you see that and you're like, no, like, of course you will. But, but of course, until you're in that situation, right? Like you don't know. And it's like, you know that you will love that thing as soon as it pops out and like be <laughs> on your chest. But it's like, it's just so scary because it's like meeting someone you don't know yet. And it's, there's just so much. And I also start thinking about how much better of a mom I'm going to be for number two yes. versus, you know, all of the learning that I've had to do with number one, for lack of a better term. <laughs> and I wouldn't even say, you learn to say better. I would say more confident, right? Yeah. You are exactly who you needed to be for Noah. You're just going to be a different mom now. I know. But it's like, did he, and I'm the first, I'm the oldest, but, and I know my mom doesn't feel this way, but like, did he get like the shit end of the stick? <laughs> like, no, I think it's so funny you say that. Cause I feel like it's like almost the op, not the opposite. That's not the right word to say, but it's like Noah got two and a half years of undivided attention. Totally. Right. And like, he got all of you. He got all of Matt. And he's now going to get his brother, which you need to watch Boss Baby if you haven't already <laughs> because know. of how it ends or the whole plot line. But it's like he's not going to be able to imagine anything else once his brother is in the picture. And that's just going to be the new norm. But it's so crazy to think about this new son of yours will never know life as an only child. Right. You know? And you're the youngest. So like, that's so yeah. funny. That's what uh, Luke and I were talking about that the other day. He's like, you only knew life with a sibling. And I was like, 
I don't know. Yeah. It's just, that's just how life is. Right. right. That's so interesting. I never thought about it that way. And it's true. And there's so many blessings and so many like things that will be better, not better, Well, that he has had that this number two will have not had. But man, the grief process and like the the way that this pregnancy, like that I have not been able to think about the things that I thought about with Noah while I was pregnant is just like crazy. Like his room's not ready, which I know we've talked about. My hospital bag isn't packed. I was looking at these old pictures yesterday and by October, so Noah was born in January. So October, November, December, three months before he was born, his crib was put together and his room was perfect. And like this, like if you saw it right now, you would die. Like it's a disaster. And I think that that's just like, it's wild. As a mama of a toddler and just a human being, I definitely lean heavily on caffeine when I feel tired. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? But it can be a vicious cycle where, okay, I don't sleep well, or I'm thinking about my busy day and then I feel tired and then I go straight to caffeine with coffee and then I get this burst and then a crash. And so something I've really liked to work into my routine is drinking AG1, which is a science-driven formulation of ingredients that includes adaptogens to help balance my body's stress response. And that's something that I'll notice when I get in that vicious cycle with caffeine, you know, on and off different weeks. And that's where AG1 has been super helpful because it helps support my body's foundational needs, also helps me reduce that caffeine intake and helps me feel more focused and energetic throughout the day. So if you're someone who's like, I would love to give that a try, you can try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D3 K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase, you can go to drinkag1.com forward slash fork. That's drinkag1.com forward slash fork. Check it out. To put it in like a different perspective, there's other things that I experienced during this pregnancy that I I felt very alone on that I'd love to just very quickly share to make other people hopefully feel less. And I've never shared Mm -hmm. this out loud on any platform. I think I've told you, but you know, at six weeks pregnant, so no, for this baby, we, we were trying, like we were tracking ovulation. It was like three or four months of nothing. You know, we were not tracking quote unquote for a year. And -hmm. then when we started being serious about it, we were like, really were highly tracking ovulation. And, um, I had started to give up that it was going to happen. And when I found out that I was pregnant, it was, I was five weeks. So this was only a week after that at six weeks pregnant. I had not seen the doctor yet. Um, and Noah got COVID. (laughs) I was pregnant. Um, he had COVID pretty bad and I didn't know I had it yet, but I did. And it was also the day that Noah would also then get the stomach flu. I started bleeding. Um, and I didn't bleed with my first with Noah. And I didn't know that that was something that happens when the baby implants itself in, in your body. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know any of that. I just thought this was it. And it wasn't a lot of blood, but it was bleeding. That's something mm-hmm. that's not supposed to happen when you're pregnant. And I came to find out that like 
one in four pregnancies, I believe is the quote. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Don't use this on social media. <laughs> I believe it's like 25% of pregnancies. Like that's really normal. Mm-hmm. Like, did you know that? Implantation bleeding? Yeah. I only know this because in the IVF world, right. I know okay. too much. Like <laughs> I know way too much. Um, if I never went through IVF, I wouldn't know anything. Okay. I wouldn't even know how to conceive a child if I didn't go through IVF. Like I swear to God, um, but only because of IVF do I know about implantation bleeding. But I also would have still been so freaked out by it, even if I knew about it, because we also know that with miscarriage, bleeding is one of the signs too. So of course- Especially that early. Yes. When you're in that like unknown and there's so much fear, like, and so much is out of your control, like your brain is going to jump to the worst. Like the worst. And it's five o'clock in the morning because Noah had woken up because he was so sick and I had finally gotten him back to sleep. And I remember going into the bathroom and my husband teaches yoga. It was a Wednesday on Wednesday mornings. And so he was teaching. My mom was out of town and I was calling her over and over again, but it's 530 in the morning at this point. And so I had to wait the three hours until the doctor's office opened just like pacing back and forth. Like, is this it? Like I had already felt, you know, things about the pregnancy. Like I was excited Mm -hmm. and, you know, all of these things. And so that was just, maybe I was like seven weeks, but it was really early, but that was just like a huge blow to some extent of like my can I actually be happy about this pregnancy or, you know, do I have to tread with caution for the next however long? And I remember the doctor telling me like, you know, this next week is really important and you have to like take it easy. And I'm like, doc, I have a kid with COVID. I also have COVID now. Then we all had the stomach flu and then he was better while we were all trying to get better. Um, And it was just like absolute chaos. And I think the end of that weekend is when he swallowed the bead or maybe didn't from my I remember all of this. (laughs) And then one month after that is when he got stitches in his face. Because of me. One month after that because of me. You're always going to be connected to that story. Mm. Every time I look at his face. <laughs> that makes me so sad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was like so proud and watching. I don't know if we've ever told this story on, on air. Probably not. But in April, uh, it was April 17th, Sam was making a debut on CBS. NBC. NBC. Um, And I was so excited to watch. I was like pushing Noah's nap like further and further because you went on like a little later than we thought. Um, And he was just having like a wild day and he ran. I told him to go get something from his room. I'm like, mommy needs five more minutes. And he ran to go grab something. And mind you, I'm now like what, 14 weeks pregnant, like early, but pregnant pregnant and still feeling like absolute shit. And he ran and he tripped over a plastic box, but then landed on, it was like a box that holds his Legos. And he cut his lip open from top to bottom, requiring three three layers of 20 stitches per layer. Um, So 60 stitches in a little toddler's mouth. I was covered in blood. I didn't see him fall. I heard him cry, but I'm like, he always cries. I'm like, it's okay, buddy. Like, we'll go upstairs. And then he stood up and his lip was completely ripped open, like top to bottom sideways. It's still pretty swollen even months later. Um, but, but thank when I God told Sam- you caught my NBC segment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
like, I hope you, I watch you. You are amazing. I'm in the ER. <laughs> and I now hate you. <laughs> oh my God. The mom guilt around that where I was like, I should have just recorded it. And put him oh upstairs. my God. Like, Never watch so my bad. segments live ever again. <laughs> we have another one coming up. You're not allowed to watch it. Uh, I will watch it on my phone. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Um, but we, um, anyways, that was that point, and like just. There has been a lot of stress. There's been a lot of life change. There's been a lot of work change that has happened over these past couple months. And again, I think it all just comes back to understanding in pregnancy. Like, I can't say nothing that you've experienced you're alone in because, or you're the first person to experience that because we don't know. But what I want to like really make so clear is that. I felt like I was the only person in the world experiencing some of the things that I've experienced this pregnancy, whether it's emotions, whether it's like physical things. Like I was, I take, I took Zofran my entire first trimester. I've been Mm -hmm. taking Unisom to sleep. (laughs) Like I've been, you know, medicating myself more than normal. I had that weird, you know, like rib neck pain numbing, had to go to physical therapy, like my organs were out of whack, like all of these things that's happened. I felt like I am the only person in the world that's had to experience these things. And that is just not true. And I think that's like the part of like the isolation of motherhood that needs to change because I know that that doesn't change in postpartum, like that feeling that like you're feeling everything for the first time and by yourself. Um, But when you're in it, you don't feel like you can talk about it because the emotions feel very scary and strong and unclear. And I don't know, can you relate to any of that? 100% and like permanent too. It feels so permanent. And I think I've got like all over TikTok, like pregnancy TikTok or motherhood TikTok, like those videos that are so helpful that are like when you're up at, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. with a crying baby in the pitch black or whatever, knowing like there's mothers all over the world or parents all over the world doing what you're doing. And I think that is, that's the key to healing anything, I feel like, is knowing that you're not alone. If you think about, the group coaching programs that you and I both run in our practices, like people understand they're not the only ones that feel the way they do around food in their body. Mm. Or I think about when I went through infertility, I was in a support group and I just had to connect with other people. Cause when you see pregnancy announcements on every single post, you know, you're like, I'm the only one going through this. And it's like, no, you're not. But I think when we do feel like we're the only ones going through something, it is so isolating and it feels, like I said, that that permanence. It's like the fear builds and you think like it's going to be this way forever. So I think that 
I love that everything that you brought up. And I think it's not only recognizing that you're not alone and it's not going to be this way forever, even though it feels like that so deeply in all of those moments that you just talked about. Like it feels literally like everything that you just said and that this is now your life, which we know as you become more experienced in your parenting journey, like you know that every phase just replaces another. (laughs) Like I'm not saying anything gets easier, but it doesn't last forever. Um, And change is really hard. And it's so interesting too, like especially raising a little toddler right now, like my husband and I are, are at the phase, especially because I've just been so exhausted. We're like, we're definitely like tagging each other in and out, like as a team constantly yes. with only one. So like what's going to happen next, but TBD. Um, <laughs> but like last night, like Noah was having a meltdown because we were trying something new with bedtime and we're using like timers and let him watch like a little bit, like part of a show and, you know, just to like help him calm down a little before bed. And like when that went off, like he was like not having it and I could hear like Matt was doing great, but I could just hear like his cry escalate. So like I went up, like tagged the team out and I were just was like talking to him like a human and was like, I know change is really hard, buddy. Like, what do you need from me right now? And like he grabbed my hand instead of like, I would usually like go in for a hug, but I'm kind of like learning that that might not be what he needs in those moments. Cause mm-hmm. I don't like that. Like, I don't like to be hugged when I'm really upset. Um, and he like, grabbed my hand instead of like saying, I want whatever else. And like, I just sat with him for a second while I'm like, let him calm down. I'm like, I know it's confusing. I know all of these things. And I'm like, wow, this is like exactly how I commute like it's like watching yourself <laughs> my other form and it's just wild and it just teaches you so much and like after a couple minutes I'm like how are you feeling like do you want to read a book now and he like shot up and like moved on and it's just the learning experience that you get from parenting is just something that I never ever ever expected and I think it's teaching me so much more about myself than anything else mm. And I couldn't imagine, again, being obsessed with routine or dieting or changing my physical body or food in general while doing all of this. Because how could I be present for that? Oh my gosh, that is so good. And that is so cool to hear. Because I feel like Sienna's not at that point yet where we can really communicate that deeply with her, but she is showing her frustration. (laughs) Girlfriend has all the emotions. She is hitting. She is just doing it. And it's, it's wild. Like I don't understand. Like one day you have a baby and one day you don't. And like, when did that day happen? That switch? Man, I I sure don't remember it. We said this the other day too. I'm like, how many fucking times can I say we don't hit? And then I read like a post that was like 40. It's like the answer is like 47 billion. (laughs) like perfect we're like halfway there (laughs) I know it all goes so fast and again it like it comes down to and I don't want anyone listening to feel shame if they are entrenched in diet culture and raising a kid because you always have the opportunity to to do one thing differently right and that could be all it takes but I I do want to put it out there that if you are having these feelings like I want to make a change and I don't know where to start like 
reaching out for help is obviously number one, but Mm -hmm. I want to give you like a glimmer of what the perspective could be when you've made peace with food and body. Like you have the ability to self-regulate more so that you can teach that for your kid. Because all I know is that a hungry, carbless, overtired, exercised version of me (laughs) could not have the patience to regulate myself, to regulate my child. I'm not saying that everybody who's on a diet is not being a good parent. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I think you have the opportunity to be more... I think you have the opportunity to just be more if you've gone through the steps to creating this change. That is such a good point. And like, again, both of us didn't have children when we were in those depths of diet culture. So we can't speak from that experience, but I totally agree with you that like the amount of like short fuses that I had or because I was fucking hangry or, you know, like, or because I hated my body so deeply that I couldn't enjoy anything. And it's like, that's where I think we just keep coming back to like, like we're so thankful that we've, you know, healed these things. So I, I love how you started to go down like step one, right? Reach out for support. I think this would be a great time that we could give like a few tactical tips of what can moms or pregnant mamas or anyone do right now that just feels like they are so deeply in the trenches of diet culture and want to be the best possible parent that they can be. Uh, Yes. And I think... I think reaching out for support in any capacity has to be number one. And also looking at like what are your responses, right? So if you are entrenched in diet culture right now and pregnant, where is your brain going? And what are ways that we can like redirect those thoughts? So if it's feeling uncomfortable about your your body changing, instead of like we talk about all the time, suppressing those feelings, it's can we meet it with these truths of what's actually happening inside your body and, you know, the reality of what's going to continue to happen and not try and like, you know, sugarcoat it or pretend it's not happening because it is and it needs to for all of these other reasons, right? So it is reaching out for support and recognizing, you know, the feelings that you're feeling aren't just going to go away, but having somebody to help you work through them, whether that's professional support or personal support, right? If you can't Mm -hmm. afford professional support, totally understand that. Um, But having somebody that you could talk through this honestly with, I think is more than necessary. Yes. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And I feel like my, what, to piggyback off of that, when you're talking about like support, I guess I'm thinking more new moms, but no, this goes for every, everyone outside of diet culture, like to be able to create space and capacity to work on your relationship with food and body 
there has to be space and capacity. <laughs> and um, I know for me, like the mental load and the overwhelm, and I feel like we see those terms all the time on social media. And I thought like, oh, I'm like so aware of that. Like I'm not going to struggle. And holy shit, like, you know, cleaning the bottles, having the milk at the right temperatures, how much milk, do they have acid reflux? Do they, you know, what? Planning to leave I, the house. Oh my God. <laughs> I wouldn't leave. I just simply didn't leave um, because I couldn't, because I was paralyzed. Um, so I think it's like recognizing if you are overwhelmed mentally, maybe, maybe you don't need to work on your relationship with food and body right now, but can we create space and capacity for you period? And if that's asking for help from your partner, from a parent, from a babysitter, I mean, I don't know who that person is. But that's where I just think there's such a lack of support in motherhood and and with mental health. And I, I, ne- I never want moms listening to feel like they need to heal their relationship with food and body, specifically in those like first few months postpartum. Yes. And so I, I don't want to backtrack any of this, but I remembered, I just pulled it up, that Elise Myers, who's also pregnant right now, mm-hmm. TikTok sensation, um, she posted something today too about, I think it was today, it's her most recent TikTok, just about like, it's okay also if you don't love being pregnant. Yes, I be- saw this video. Right. It was so good. It was so well done because I go in and out of that where I'm like... Will I survive the rest of this pregnancy? Number one. But like, there have been so many moments where I'm like, I fucking hate this. And I thought that this would be like my like moment, right? But like when it's hard to stand up or when you just don't feel like yourself or when you can't bend down to tie your shoes. I shaved my legs today and I was like, I can't even see like the hair. It's like, like it's just all of the things about pregnancy, like don't have, you don't have to love them. And I think that also causes women a lot of shame, especially women who have been trying to conceive for a while, or I can't speak for you, but I know you can speak on behalf of the IVF community of like, you know, I wanted this for so long and now I fucking hate what's happening and I hate what's going on in my body. And, you know, from my perspective, you know, I just, the first time around felt so easy up until like the last two weeks, I had zero complaints about my pregnancy and this pregnancy, like the numbing, the not being able to move, like the neck pain, the just everything that I've experienced with this pregnancy, like I haven't loved it the way that I really thought that I would before ever getting pregnant. And it makes you feel a lot of shame because you know how many other people would want to be in your shoes, like the burping, um, to be in your <laughs> shoes, you know, carrying out this pregnancy and experience. But it's okay to give yourself permission to like yes. not feel like the beautiful, radiant pregnancy that you see. Did you watch the show Sex Life on Netflix like forever ago? Not sex that? life of college girls. Different no, sex life. just no. sex life. Oh my God. The model that the guy ends up, whatever, like her pregnancy, she's like glowing and she's doing these naked photo shoots. And you're like, that is just not what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> 
what I, that goes back to like the diet culture layer of pregnancy, right? Like I think we talked about on previous episodes of like how people are like, I only gain in my belly and like all that kind of stuff. It's like, that's not just the case. bullshit. It's, it's just diet cultures, expectations of pregnant women versus diet cultures, expectation of women, period. It's the same thing. It's just like carrying that over to pregnant women. It's so wild. Mm. But I hope in this episode we've helped anybody yes. understand that their emotions are valid. I think that's yes. really just like the overarching, you know, what's the right word, message of this episode is your emotions are valid. Anything that you're feeling, you're not alone in those feelings. Um, and it's it's not just like a smooth ride, just like recovery in any sense is not either. <laughs> Right. I'm hoping like, just like you said, if we can make one person feel less alone, that this episode was completely worth it. And just a little reminder too, that if you relate to this episode, if you relate to any of our episodes, if you have anything you want us to talk about, um, or anything that we've helped you through, we would love to hear it. Um, and the way that you can tell us is by writing a review, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, we, we look at the Apple podcast, um, page every single episode and would love to be able to shout you off, shout you all out, um, (laughs) with more of the reviews that you share because they really mean so much to us and we want to make sure that we are covering the topics that you want to hear as well yay yay so by the time this comes out there might be another baby or i might be late um tbd but we will keep you posted thank you guys all for being here Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all of your friends and faves, and don't forget to rate and review and let us know what you want to hear more of. The more we hear from you, the more that we can make these episodes exactly what you want. We would also love to connect with you on Instagram at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week for more fun.